Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Evening and welcome to Elf episode 27 of the legendary AI comic pod. Uh, I'm back. Uh, you'll be delighted to hear. Um, as of course, of course, I'm joined by Stu. How are you doing, mate? I'm fine, mate. I'm a little bit under the weather, but it could be worse. At least I've not just been smashed in the head with a baseball bat. Exactly, exactly. And speaking of, uh, well, not speaking of baseball. No, bats, Jesus but, Christ, um, that's a bit of a threat. <laughs> Uh, speaking, speaking of people of, who are going to get hit in the head with a baseball bat it is halloween <laughs> after yeah. all um speaking of you know the, the hint is clearly the walking dead um we promised we'd come back and do this so uh, we are thankfully joined again by our, our specialist in this subject marco lopez hello our resident no quiz dead no quiz this time oh was so, the joke that bad it, it's, it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> Let's not beat around the bush. It was awful. <laughs> so we were basically, uh, I, I don't know if Nina's forgiven us. She probably hasn't. We went on quite a while last time. So 90 minutes of, of The Walking Dead seasons four to six. And I think, I think truth be told, we could have gone on a lot longer. We could have so, gone at least another hour. I think so. So what we said we'd do, and we've honoured our arrangement, which is, is rare for us, um, we said we'd, well, it's rare to do it so suddenly, normally it takes us six months, we said we'd come back and, and talk Negan after the first episode, because we recorded that before uh, episode one arrived, uh, well, episode one of season, are we seven now? Seven, Jesus, yeah. it's season seven. Oh, um, it takes us six months as well. Uh, well, exactly. At least that. And you just got fear walking dead to keep you entertained, which is no one's pleasure. So, yeah, we at least feel, fill the silence with, with quality, quality material. Anyway, so we thought we'd come back. Uh, Negan's going to be such a hot talking point as we knew it would be. And the saviors. And for those that have watched episode two, we're going to touch on Ezekiel as well. Um, we won't give any spoilers. Um, 
the, these comics are all there to read if you want to. Um, the TV series is, is obviously huge, so anyone that's listening to that, I assume, would be watching the television show and being up to date. If you're not, we will have some spoilers ahead. So, you know, turn off for a little while and then come back to us once you've, you've caught up. Yeah, you, um, you have been warned. Yes, thoroughly warned. Um, yeah, we're talking, we're talking splitting heads. So heads being operative words. So who predicted correctly? I believe Mr. Bridson is right. I, I wasn't just right. I got the order right. I specifically said Abraham and Glenn. Although, admittedly, before Marco says it, I was pretty insistent that it would only be one and then said, if it was two, it'll mm-hmm. be Abraham and Glenn. I've yeah, read a few interesting things. Yeah, I've read a few interesting things. So uh, a lot of people said that maybe to make it still as shocking but not keep that really long wait, they could have killed off Abraham at the end of season six and then shocked you by killing off Glenn in this one. Um, that might have had a similar impact. But I think you've got to say, yeah, I, that would have been interesting. I, I think, you know, keeping people waiting for was it February through to October? So it's, it's a long yeah. period of time. Um, I think that did probably lose a certain section of the fan base, but what I would argue is that they did make up for it in probably one of the finest episodes produced, uh, you know, Walking Dead. And if you're a fan of this genre, probably one of the best TV episodes ever produced, I would say, hands down. So um, of this genre, there's obviously various other genres and different styles and things people like, but... Um, the intensity in the episode, the sheer kind of fear and, and nervousness watching it, you know, you really, I don't know, I, I've not seen many TV series that have that kind of intensity and, and, and deliver that kind of, I know. It was a big stress, psychological stress episode, it. wasn't it? As much yeah. as there was more going on in the mind than there was actually out there in, in the, the real in world. In the episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you think the, well, the actual, was really, the was was just yeah. a couple of minutes, but the psychological abuse was like ninety five percent of the episode. The Abraham and Glenn yeah. got a physical beatdown, but then the beatdown that that Rick's taking just over and over and over again until he finally gets, as Negan calls it, the look. That's the look I was waiting for. The look yeah. where he's become just totally subservient, and he's like, "I am your bitch now. I will do whatever you want." Because he finally realizes, doesn't he? We are fucked. We, we finally met our match now. Yeah, Rick. Rick isn't one to lay down and and you know and basically admit defeat. He's never done that throughout the whole thing. Even I think even at certain points they well they will keep thinking it as as Maggie kind of proclaimed at the end about fighting. But you know they're broken. I mean that that was harrowing to watch. Um, it was. I I'm sure we, we we were all the same. I watched most of it, sort of hands on the side of my face like oh my god because I remember at the end of this of last season Norman Reedus said when they filmed that scene he said it's going to make people want to kick their televisions in because they're going to be so engrossed and so into what happens and Jeffrey Dean Morgan said that they actually went and they filmed that we now know there was actually a cut scene where Maggie was one of the people that got hit and Maggie was the second one but he said they actually filmed it where they went to every single person and everyone got hit. So they Well, you saw those kind of brief tracks. flashes, didn't you, in Rick's mind of who was going to get hit? That, that's what it was. It, w- um, it was a very well-shot episode, wasn't it? The way it was all shot. 
Uh, yeah, I think we from, talked about that a little bit in our, in our last pod. Probably ninety minutes, we might have mentioned that once, but you, <laughs> <laughs> you'd hope. But but you do have to give it, you know, the credit. There was a it was a black and white episode, wasn't there, at the start of season six? I don't think we touched upon because we kind of ran out of time. Um, yeah. yeah, we, we ran out of time that in an hour and a half. Yeah, I know, incredible. <laughs> um, but that black and white episode was just so insanely well shot. They they do, it is magnificent TV production, if you ask me, and and that's one of the things that people, I think people forget quite commonly with The Walking Dead. They'll they'll give it its props for the the zombie makeup and 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 the way everything looks and the tension it builds, but but just in the way it's shot, I, I you know modern television is is far removed from. You know, if this if was this was shot twenty years ago, it looked like a B movie. So it looked like some cheap knockoff version of Evil Dead and it it'd be terrible <laughs> in comparison to what it is now. Whereas now it's got a huge budget and so a lot of that went on the zombies and the sets and then you start to see the production's just been ramped up and and it, it does make a hell of a difference. TV, isn't it? You know, it doesn't matter yeah. what, what the content is, whether it's zombies or gangsters or superhero well-produced tv should just be appreciated for the fact that it's just good tv yeah i think people get into the the depths of stuff you see people arguing on on social media about yeah but it's not this and yeah it's that and it's it's like if you enjoy something then so be it do you know what i mean exactly and clearly a lot of people watch the walking dead and love the walking dead um i i would say and i briefly mentioned it before i would say the impact, while extreme, it, it it didn't. I think if I'd rewatched it like Marco did, maybe one to six, it might have built me up a little bit more to it. Um, the Abraham thing didn't shock me that much, and because you guys kept banging on about two, I was kind of predicting that Glenn was going to meet his his maker really. But um, but the scene with Glenn and the eye, oh, that was incredible. That was intense. That was absolutely incredible. If ever, if anyone's not seen them, if you can try and find the the side by side pictures where they've taken the frame from the, the show and the frame yeah. from the comic, it is absolutely identical copy from one to the other. Even down to the way he's stammering when he's trying to say Maggie, and obviously you've got his his, his skull's caved in. You've got a bit of brain showing. You've got his eye popping out. It's incredible. And then the the behind the scenes visual effects um, photos have come out of the guys that made the prosthetics for Glenn and Abraham and it's absolutely incredible they look incredible before you start putting all the fake blood and the hair and stuff onto it it's insane. Marco was a comic watcher uh, a reader sorry and TV watcher Um, did it live up to the expectations of the comic I'm going to surprise you and I'm going to say I had mixed feelings look here's the thing right Uh, in the end of season 6 what you saw at the beginning of this season is what I was expecting. And um, I was blissfully watching, you know, I, I was sweating on my couch while all, all you people who haven't read the comic were like sitting there. Oh, look, they're about to head into some trouble. You have no idea. I, I was expecting the bat scene. And I was expecting someone to get the bats and, and, you know, we're going to see all the gore. And I was even wondering, well, are they going to show it? Because there's been other moments of gruesomeness in the comics, which they haven't shown in the TV show. Funny enough. I feel like, you know, I've, the, the 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 theory around maybe splitting up the deaths of showing Abraham getting the bat or at least identifying that it is Abraham 
yeah. uh, at the end of season six would have had a better payoff. The, the, there's two reasons I say that. The one is because I feel like as soon uh, – the, the big shocker for everybody is Glenn because he's got more of the emotional impact with all due respect to Abraham. He's the, – the, the, the actual moment itself and then, of course, the way it's handled because they visually ma- marry everything from the comic book is just – the impact is – considerably bigger than you know the 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 guy saying suck my nuts which is very funny and, and it's a very abraham way to go out but i almost felt like michael cudlitz's exit just just was completely overshadowed by by steven yun so you know it, it just it just got lost there i think what, what might work better is you you identify that it's abraham at the end of season six and then you go to first person perspective you don't have to show the gore if you feel like you need an ace to play up but, but the, the problem is it felt – and this is where the mixed feelings comes in. I, I just think that, unfortunately, a lot of the audience felt manipulated, and, and I, I kind of don't blame them. I kind of don't blame uh, um, them for feeling that, that it was sort of a, a bit of a cheap pilot trick in a way, which is a pity because a lot of what this episode does is really, really good in, in, in the emotions that it recreates. When I, read this, when I read this particular issue, it floored me. It's not the most shocking thing. That happens in the comic that I've read. Um, the most shocking thing happens far earlier, but this this floored me. This and and the thing is, it's meant to stay with you. It's meant to have this profound impact uh, because it's just such a significant moment. Because it is a moment where you feel, you know, for, for, it's it's the first time in the comic book where Rick is really, really, really challenged in a way that you know he 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 can't get past it. Just on the gore, and I mean, because like a lot of people, you know, sort of w- w- have their concerns about it. I, I, I don't think it's worse than many other things out there on TV. This show has not exactly had a reputation for not being gory. So if 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 that was a bit over the top, I'd, I'd, I'd worry about it. I'd worry like, you know, your expectations of what you think the show is. I actually think the only thing that, that was sort of bothered me about about the violence was more to the extent that it didn't serve Negan as a character. So for me, there's a few too many bat swings, not because they're gory or disgusting, but more because I just feel like as soon as Glenn is like, you know, half his head's bashed in, yeah, you can stop. And I mean, he kind of doesn't go overboard, you know, as a, from a storytelling perspective in the comic, because he's made his point very, very clearly. So I felt like it's more around, you know, the storytelling consistencies rather than anything that, but the emotional impact is really what's important. And, and I think that that's what's interesting about, about who they select and why. I think it's interesting that Negan chooses Abraham, and, and I think it is a deliberate pick because Abraham's the only guy in the lineup who kind of stands up in a way, if that makes sense, makes himself look tall, so Negan's thinking, okay, clearly I need to physically break this guy to break him. And then as for Rick, well, I mean, you said it very well. There's, it, it, it does, the, the pacing of the episode is a, little, is a little complicated, but I think the way that Nick has broken down, and props to Andy Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln delivers a serious performance in this episode. Uh, he has he, he has had some big moments of drama, and I mean, he he he, especially that moment when he goes to pieces. Um, I think you know anyone who's who's a parent that'll resonate with you that desperation because it's such a heartbreaking moment. And the thing is, Negan Negan has figured out exactly how to, how to break you know break Rick. And I mean, you know, sort of for everyone's emotional impact and, 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 and the response to the episode and people with, you know, calling it torture porn and whatnot. I'm sitting there saying, listen, you know, you're supposed to feel completely gutted at the end of this episode. That's the point. 
one of the dangers about splitting up this whole moment between the end of one season and the beginning of another is that you lose that. And I think that's one of the challenges that they had in almost having to rebuild the tension to some extent. They did it, they did it well, but they still had to do it. So, but, but at the end of the, the episode, you're supposed to feel gutted. And, and the thing is, uh, thinking back to the comic, this is a hectic moment in the comic. You, like, I, I, I sat there, I, I put the book down, and I, and I was thinking, what have I just read? What have I just seen? It's insane. And, like, to then see it translated, the I, oh my word, oh my word, the I, 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 they, yeah. I'm 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 astounded. One last thing, you you guys are talking about sort of how it's visually shot. It's interesting. All the episodes you've you've mentioned, season one, uh, season six, episode one, the black and white one. Um, there's the episode No Way Out where the zombies invade Alexandria, that big herd. Yeah. Uh, there's the episode from la- the, there's last season's last episode. There's this episode, all directed by Greg Greg Nicotero, who. If you know the Walking Dead show, you'll know is also the guy behind all the zombie effects and stuff. Yeah. So um, he's he he's big on the visuals and 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 you know it's it, it, it's very cool that that obviously they 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 made it look as it did. I I I think so. For short story, I liked it. Um, mixed feelings about the pacing. Do still feel a bit manipulated, but on the whole, I think good episode, strong start. Not everyone's cup of tea, but that's fine. It's the the, the Walking Dead is not supposed to be everyone's cup of tea anyway. I, I would be amazed if people would be shocked by that if they've watched the rest of The Walking Dead. Well, some people um, were. I mean, the, 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 yeah, big, no, the biggest know. reaction I've seen has been ugh, parents groups who are sort of complaining, like Marco said, they're calling it murder porn and saying it's gratuitous. What the but, hell are parents groups commenting on the show? Why are they kids watching the show? Exactly. I mean, it must be. <laughs> it, it's clearly, it's a 15 and up, isn't it? So if you've got a 12 or 13 year old if you've let them watch any of the previous six seasons, they've already seen people eaten alive, had their guts pulled out through their stomachs while they're still alive. They've had faces bitten off. You've had limbs hacked off. You've had people beheaded, shot in the face. It's no worse to see a guy getting his head beaten in. So I I don't see what what it is. If they hadn't done anything of that nature for six seasons, fair enough. But it's pretty par for the course, isn't it? It's a very gruesome, very graphic show. So I, I, I don't understand. I just think people need to get a life when they complain about these things. It's very, very, very frustrating to see people trying, I don't know, almost trying to ruin it by going, oh, yeah, but it's too graphic. And I, I'm one of them. I think there is actually a place for, for, for gratuitous violence in TV if it suits the show. And when you're talking about this post-apocalyptic wasteland zombies roaming the world, it's bound to be gruesome, isn't it? If, if that was real life, your day is going to be covered in blood, guts and gore, isn't it? So to me, it's, it sort of stands up. Uh, th- there is one thing I wanted to run past you, though, Marco. I was thinking about it before. If they hadn't gone back and killed Glenn, if it had just been Abraham, would you have been disappointed yeah, Abraham was a safe choice. Uh, uh, I've seen a lot of analysis on it. I think the, the, the reality is w- w- when you actually d- do the analysis, there's there's three characters that definitely weren't killed, which is Rick, Carl, and Michonne. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty clear yeah. just from a storytelling perspective. Then the, the, there's four characters that are in the conversation around killing, which are Maggie, Glenn, Abraham, and Daryl. Abraham is easily the safest of the lot because 
he's just big enough that it that it hurts and he's just small enough that it doesn't hurt the main storyline but to be honest if 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 people are going to stand up and take notice it had to be maggie glenn or daryl uh well one of the interesting things of what they've done um because you remember i i said that i wanted them to kill off daryl because i think they've done everything they can you know to sort of progress him as a character i actually like what they've done i think it's really interesting to take this guy who you know we all know sort of a little bit unhinged or has the potential to be you know sort of almost softened up and suddenly you put him in this well, I know I, I know the environment that he's about to go into from a comic perspective, at least. It'll be very, very interesting to see what, what happens with Daryl as a character in there. It, it, I, it I think it's smart. I, I think that's yeah. really smart. I, I think putting him in to a situation where he's almost more relatable with the saviors than he is with Rick's group in terms of probably their background, in terms of... Yeah. You know, he, he's found some common kind of reasons and, and common purpose with, with Carol and Rick and others, but he's never, obviously with Beth, and we talked about that in the last part, he found some kind of relationship in, not in a you know sexual way or otherwise, but just friendship, really, and camaraderie, but he's never quite settled into the group, I don't think, Daryl. No, not, he's not. Not fully. No, I mean, if you think, if you were to go back right the way to the start of season one, if if Daryl and Merle were faced, were at a crossroads and they had Rick and his group one way and the Saviors the other, they both would have gravitated towards the Saviors, wouldn't they? 100%. Because at, yeah. at that time, that's what they were. They were they were wild, they were reckless, they were dicks, and ultimately they were in it for the whole, you know, we, we serve Negan, you know, we're going to get loads of cool shit. We get to be horrible to a load of people. But it, it, it is interesting the way they've taken Daryl out of it. He has for, more for, humanity than that. He does. But... He does now. He does think, now. I don't think he did originally because he was. No, a, he, he really struggled. He, he was quite. He was. They they portrayed him as a typical redneck, introverted. You know, uh, not not in like tune anyone, with that kind of society. He, he, he liked his mean? brother, so, and that was it. Yeah, um, and squirrels um, for <laughs> breakfast. And that's that's the thing with Daryl. He he is an interesting character because he's almost a blank canvas in terms of he's not in the comics. So I think they felt the expectation with Glenn to to actually actually do it do you know what i mean because yeah they've they've, they've obviously um we we mentioned the the skip gates as it would be known or or, or whatever oh, it's the dumpster gate dumpster um gate. yeah you know they we mentioned that enough times but that that to me is they were teasing at it so many times that they're going to kill him off and he survived and he's been <laughs> shot and he survived and then they decided actually look let's pull the trigger basically but and can I- you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I quickly jump in there? And, and, and well, what, what frustrates me is like they showed the potential of what they can do because, for example, you have this um, – you have all the bat hints throughout season five and six, yeah. which, which was such nice Easter eggs, especially for the, for the comic fan. So they know how to do it really well, and then suddenly here comes Dumpster Gate, and it's like – it's just man- manipulative, so it doesn't really – have the right effect around i wanted to because you were talking on a really good subject before marco i would explore that a little bit more so obviously all of us side with well not maybe marco doesn't but most of us side with rick's group anyway tv watches solely would would generally um you know <laughs> you don't want to see anyone in rick's group come to harm it's I would, don't you know. feel a certain well all right a couple of them you know i, 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 get I wouldn't it. be disappointed if carl had lost a hand wouldn't if, if okay, but that to me, right? That's that was probably the most powerful part 
of it. I mean, I, I know the heads getting split is, is yeah. torturous, but when Rick's there, and I think it is, I think it is a fatherly instinct thing. I think when Rick's there and he's holding his hand, and and you know, Carl's saying, "Just do it, just do it," and you can then see him sensing. He's saying, "You know, just, you know, take my hand, do, do it to me, not him." You can see the fear that acting, like Marco said, is stellar acting. I don't think Andrew Lincoln gets anywhere near enough praise for, for his he his role in the series because he carried it in certain episodes, in certain series. I'd argue, you know, he he carried it when the other actors were still developing or the storylines weren't there to support them. Um, and he's it's, been it's so great. It's, it's, it's a, a huge job. job for him. He's only been he's been a bit part actor in in. Couple of a couple of British TV series in the nineties or noughties. Really yeah, well, he was in Teachers as well. He was quite big in Teachers, and then he had a couple of cameo film roles here and there. And he was never—I mean, most of them in here have, have come from middle-level background in terms of acting. But he's he's delivered incredible performances, you know, season upon season, really. And I think you really are intrigued where he goes next. Um, as a, as a role, but that that did break him, and he's been broken before, but not in the same way. Not not to ultimate humility, you know. It, um, this seems like he's been broken down to his very very core. I mean, he's he's had when when Laurie died, he he suffered, yeah. didn't he? He went really introvert, but you, you always sensed that it was only temporary and that he was going to come it's back. Grief, but, yeah. but with this, this seems like he's been rocked right to his very core. Like he's finally accepted. You know what? we cannot fight back against this because no. obviously what we saw was Daryl fought back. And, and that's that, what that's they said what, is why Glenn... That's why Glenn know. got killed and now Daryl has got that on his conscience, hasn't he? Daryl's... He's he softened and he, he is more and, of a people person now and he's a lot friendlier and a lot more amenable. He's now going to beat himself up. Not Probably not forever. Probably he's going to beat himself up until he can get revenge on someone. Whether that's Hopefully that's going to be Dwight but he's going to make somebody pay for, for what happened. Oh, Marco, don't, no spoilers. I yeah. can hear it in your laugh, deep laugh back there. And there, uh, there was one thing well, I did, I did want to say, just, just before you do, there was one thing I wanted to say about that. When, in the comics, I, I don't consider this to be a spoiler because it's pretty well known, Rick's only got one hand. And Rick's yes, had one well hand yeah. for a long, long time. But they've said on the show... That they're not going to do that storyline because it would be too much of their budget to constantly take out one of Andrew Lincoln's hands. But I really thought when it just went the scene you were talking yeah, about, when he had hold of Carl's yeah. hand and he was lifting his arm up with the axe, I thought that um, Negan was going to whip his hand off and it was going to be like, I can't believe you were going to cut off your boy's hand. What kind of father are you? And then you'd actually have one-armed Rick. I, I think I think the reason they might not have done it is the budget, like you said, but also because they had killed Glenn in that fashion. I don't think they like to do everything as per the comics. Um, yeah, and not, not at least at the same time. Like, Carl losing his eye um, was, was, was obviously, awesome. you know, huge in the comics and, and well, important. Hey. So, um, they, I think they've done a lot of the major things from the comics, from what Kirkman, Kirkman's also yeah. said he, he regretted that actually. Uh, I, I'm that, not uh, surprised. Yeah, because it's, it's it's sort of a bit of a it, it is a bit of a limiting factor as well. All I was going to say quickly, I yeah. think it's very interesting, and this is why I like it from a storytelling perspective because of what I know about Negan and the Saviors. It is very interesting that Negan would almost find a piece of respect about Daryl's reaction. 
Yeah, he did. He did. He, he so, respected that. And Abraham's reaction as well, he respected, which is yeah. interesting. Because he yeah, did. Because when is. he lined up to him, he, 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 he sort of lent right upright, didn't he? He wasn't slouching. He, sort, he really did sort of almost lean yeah. into it. And he, he, like he says, he took it like a champ. Yeah. I exactly. don't get the impression that Negan respects Dwight particularly. I don't think That's anyone does. He, he's a very ratty little character. He's one of them that you can't <laughs> wait until the, there's clearly going to be a scene where Daryl's going to get his crossbow back and he's going to put a bolt right through the middle of his head or right through his eye or something. You know in like comics when they line up like like for like, it's like a versus a battle. Yeah. It's, it, they are pretty much the spit of each other. Do you know what I mean? They're like long-lost brothers. You know, it's, it's, they're meant to fight, it would seem. It it's kind of feels, oh, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. I haven't read this. Um, all right, whatever. All right, they're meant to do something. I don't know. I don't know which direction they're going to take down anyway. But, but that's... But that's the beauty of it. Even like watching uh, the second episode today, they've yeah. they've already done two things with two characters that I totally didn't expect them to do. So I am, and and that's the thing. The 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 the, the template for for surprising even the comic fans is there. I'm I'm wringing it my is. hands in excitement because even even as I'm hearing you guys having a discussion and me sort of knowing what comes up, it's just it's so intriguing because. Daryl being there throws up a million different possibilities of of really cool stuff from a storytelling perspective. So I am very excited about the possibility. Yeah, and there are. I think they will. I think they will throw things in other directions, in other areas, because there's still characters that are here now that haven't existed in the comics for the same length of time. Is Carol Carol dying in the comics earlier, or is she still? Carol Carol has been dead since the prison in the comics. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I think there's different story arcs they're going to take, as, as they will do. It's not quite Game of Thrones because they've still got material to go with, whereas Game of Thrones is now just shooting from the hip, really. But it's it's interesting what directions they'll take things because I don't think they'll want to make it as clearer. You know, that obviously you knew, knew, you knew what was coming as a guideline, but... It, I think they'll take certain things in other directions. Um, yeah. Mark, I won the saviors. So I think they keep it shrouded in, in mystery, really. Um, there was obviously the famous episode where it's, we're all Negan, you know, and, and Rick really doesn't have a clue what the hell is going on. Um, and then as we've seen uh, with the kingdom, which, you know, we spoil enough alerts. So, you know, which is a second episode that they also serve Negan as, as was kind of well known. Um, that Negan obviously rules those two plus Rick's group's vicinity. He's he's in charge of that area. Just kind of give us an overview on the saviors and, and maybe of the people of the kingdom as well, just to kind of fill us in a bit. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try and obviously keep it as free as, as, yeah. as, as possible. I mean, you, you can get a sense from the TV show, right? Uh, the saviors are obviously a lot of muscle. Um, there's yep. a lot of interesting stuff behind them, which uh, I'll, I'll let the TV show reveal because there is it's it's a very interesting community. Rest assured, it doesn't behave conventionally. It's not, it's not a normal it, conventional community. No, I would know that about it as well. Yes, <laughs> but uh, the, the the premise is simple. I mean, it's it's almost like a protection racket. So the and I mean, it, it makes sense for the hilltop. Maybe maybe it makes a bit less sense for the kingdom because the kingdom has some of their own people, albeit kingdom of fighters. Yeah, yeah, as you yeah. saw in that episode. Yeah, but just but just not as many. So so no. so the real issue is just the, this case of you know you know what it is. You, you've got this big bully. Um, he runs around. He runs fifty percent of your stuff, 
you comply or you don't. If you don't, there's consequences. If you do, everything's hunky dory. But it's it's a very unholy sort of sort of alliance. And the because the saviors have lots of muscle, lots of weaponry, and they're just quite resolute survivalists in this in this horribly uh, ugly world. And, and and that's what's interesting ar- around the themes because. You know, in the hilltop in Alexandria, and obviously to some extent in the kingdom, you you can see that there's an element of normal functioning society that accepts the strong are there to nurture, protect, assist the weak. Uh, that dynamic is very interesting when you when it comes to the saviors, because I'll 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 wait for the TV show to reveal it. But all I'm going to say is that that line is a very interesting line in. You know, in, in in the way that the save is presented by comparison to the, all the other groups. Yeah, yeah, completely. I think we're going to go for a quick break, and then I think we'll we'll come back and talk a bit about King Ezekiel because I thought it was some introduction this evening or yesterday for our American counterparts. You're listening to the Anfield Index. The Anfield Index podcast channel. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, we're back. So we're talking Walking Dead and we are right up to date with what's going on. So um, this is great to do, I'll be honest, because it's such a great tv show and often with these things you'll you'll see you know some social media chatter but people don't know where they can go with it and what they can say um but it's nice to talk so freshly about things we've just seen because um it's been two i think two standout episodes i i think the second episode people who want gore and violence and all the rest of it will probably be a bit disappointed but for me this was kind of a really well balanced, really well put together. The kind of typical Walking Dead. After the after the storm comes the kind of comes the calm, but it, in a really well done way. So I think Ezekiel's presence in this episode obviously is is hugely influential. Um, 
and I think the way they've written the character and the way the episode played out was excellent. Stu, any thoughts about well, Ezekiel? Yeah, absolutely. Tiger? I mean, I I haven't I haven't got up to to this in the comics yet because I, I I kind of I want to stay at the same level. So if I do start reading the comics, I want to stop when I get up to the Negan stuff. Yeah. Um. So I, I know of. King Ezekiel, but I didn't know much about him. So my introduction to him was episode two, and I was absolutely blown away. I, I was hanging on his every word when he spoke, even when he was when he was in his king persona, and, he, and by his own admission, he's been really over the top and really flamboyant. I was just gobsmacked. I was fascinated by everything he has to say, and then he, he delves into the his more personal reasons of why he is yeah. the way he is and why he's so over the top and. I, I can't wait for the next episode. And he's just on the surface of it, he's a fascinating character because he's a man who's going around calling himself king and he's got a pet tiger. And like, like he alludes <laughs> in his speech, you know, if, if you've got a guy who's got a, who's got a tiger and people start telling stories about how he wrestled it and he becomes more than a man, doesn't he? He becomes like a figurehead and then it's like mythology, isn't it? It's, basically, it's, yeah. He, he's become like he's become a living myth. He's become almost a living god. Where oh god, I, he's one of them, isn't it? People will be like, oh, have you heard about Ezekiel over at Kingdom? Are we this, that, and the other? And Chinese whispers is going to take over, and something small that he's done has become something monumental, which has turned him into this this figure of law. And I I think it's brilliant. The only query I have about it, and the only concern I have is. It, it's another civilization that they've stumbled onto that's going to be a poison chalice. And I, I don't want them to just keep going every season. Oh, look, we found this place. Oh, yeah, it's dead good. Oh, no, it's really shit. We better leave. Oh, it's all right. We I, found I, this think, other place. I think Marco will probably fill you in that with Alexandria and with the kingdom and what's the other one called? Hilltop, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think they all kind of they all kind of mix in to the storyline and the art for a period of time. I think that's the impression you get. Um, so obviously no spoilers and things, but you, you know, they are all pivotal, but they're all, they're all separate, but they all become interlinked through the characters. So I don't think it's going to be quite the same for the next season or so, I would say, hopefully. Because okay. okay. it would start getting quite samey, wasn't it? But it, I don't think it, I don't think it's going to be samey at all. It's, it's the impression I get. I don't think it'll be. I don't think we'll see them on the run or, or going any distance. I think we'll see them in this one area, but in a, in a hopefully in a in a very different way. I, I would expect them to take this up, keep this level, and, and then go up a notch um, yeah. as the season progresses. As we've said, yeah. they probably usually do. Yeah, because there is a storyline, isn't there, in the comics, Marco called All Out War. Yes, and yeah. the, uh, it seems that that that's going to be something that's quite inevitable. I don't know the ins and outs of that. Again, I'll I'll get to that as and when I can. But it'll it'll hundred percent happen. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's the whole yeah. point of this thing, I, isn't it? I mean, you know, the the the, the very top level storyline they've they've been pretty faithful to actually. So I think I think you can expect certain. It's just the the, 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 the inner details that they've had a lot of fun with. I mean, case in point, Carol. Case in point, Morgan. Case yeah. in point, Carol Dixon. Uh, I, I think what I love about this episode is a few things. One, um, I really, by the time Ezekiel has that discussion with Carol and he suddenly goes from all this regal language to like when these, you know, black brothers just talking very casually with, with so many nose and possibly even fancies, he's just, 
you know, it, 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 it's so casual. It's, it's so seamless. And, and I really like that because that's one of the, the things that um, resonates with, with me from the comic book for the same character. Um, I, I was a little worried at the beginning of the episode, I will be honest, because I thought, you know, we've just gone from, you know, baseball bats and barbed wire to a tiger and a but guy. That, with- that was Carol's <laughs> reaction. I mean, she's not seen the baseball bats and barbed wire, but yeah. she, she, when she was wheeled into that, like, movie theater or whatever it was she was laughing in and you almost felt like that was her as an actress going what the hell is going on here because clearly there's not a tiger next to him it's probably yeah, some it's, guy on all fours like growling or something oh, yeah it's, it's hilarious now it's even weird and now now when he reaches <laughs> over and strokes and you know that he's stroking like a stage hand or something it'll be no it'll oh. be like some kind of like tiger puppet or something yeah, I know. It's just and the tiger. Let's give it props. That was good it effects looks for fucking me. Looks incredible. It really. I, did look I good. really thought, oh god, they're not doing a tiger on the show. I didn't think they'd be able to pull it off. Um, and maybe with the budget of like season two, when they're at the farm the whole way, they wouldn't have been able to do it. But as it turns out, series seven, they've got a bit more money behind them. So um, you know, it's done really well, um, and I'm sure you'll get to see Shiva in, in action against Walkers and the like, and that'll be pretty exciting at some stage. Um, yeah. I thought the humanity on display, especially from Ezekiel in that, that final scene with Carol, was was really great acting, and I really loved it when he was talking about being a stage actor in, in Macbeth, and, and then he says Martin Luther King, and, you know, I really liked that line. I thought it was great. Um don't bullshit the bullshitter as well. Exactly. He's, and he's very charming. You know, it's it's interesting that they stripped it right down because I think Ezekiel on, on that grandioso level, everyone would have hated. But because you've seen that human side of him and you realise he's just a zookeeper that saved his tiger, it's 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 lovely. So I, I thought that was really good. Um, and I thought there was some interesting dynamics that they've already shown up from you know Ezekiel's group who don't want to bow to the saviors in particular that one character who I didn't get his name yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, takes a couple of free shots Richard. Um, Richard. Uh, when he's kind of fighting back yeah exactly I think he he was already an interesting character um, and I thought I thought it was a great episode for Morgan um, it really was and I, I don't like yeah. Morgan but that was it it, it was nice to see him pretty much turn around and he, he basically said didn't he that he got it wrong the way he'd been living his life as a pacifist yeah. He sort of admitted that, you know, he, he completely got it wrong and I really respected that about Interesting him. with a gun in his hand as well. I think it was it was interesting that they shown that he went for the gun. Yeah. Uh, they told him, didn't they? He said uh, he said bring like your bring your gun yeah. with you. But that, yeah, that exactly. fella, the one that was getting the shots against him, he seems yeah. to be some kind I think he's gonna have some kind of a soldier background because as oh, soon yeah, as, he, as soon as Ezekiel told him to, yeah. to to stop. He stopped even though he knew he was going to get punched in the face a few times. He didn't even think about disobeying his, uh, his no. commander. No, and I, I like Morgan kind of, um, <laughs> you know, Ezekiel's obviously handling that kid whose father was clearly influential in the kingdom. Um, and Morgan's training him how to fight with a staff. And I don't know, I, I like that side of things. I think you've got to see, you know, it is a kingdom that feels a little bit like Woodbury on the streets, if, if I'll be honest, because it's the coal, and even like Alexandria, where it's all kids playing and, and growing crops and it's all nice and easy and laid back. But obviously there's, there's different storylines they're going to explore there. And um, 
I just like the fact that they're on horses and they're rounding up pigs and it's just like it's nothing quite like that has been seen before and, and on The Walking Dead and I, I do think they're going to take it in a, an interesting dynamic Hilltop's going to be interesting as well because we've really had so little exposure to Hilltop there was what one episode really where they went met that crazy kind of mayor of, of Hilltop and obviously you got some scenes with Jesus but he's not become that prominent yet yeah. so yeah. I think you'll see Hilltop soon um because from there, be... that's when it transitioned into the to the saviors, wasn't it? Because that's when we sort of learned that they were under the saviors' thumb, and from there we started getting more and more Negan talk. And it's it's interesting though that that Hilltop for me and, and Marco will know more because he's read on obviously a lot more. But Hilltop know nothing about the saviors is the impression I get. They're just they're like the complete bitches. It gets that impression across because they. They, unless they were double crossing Rick's group, which maybe they were, um, they were happy I, for Rick's group to go and slaughter them around that kind of satellite area of Negan's camp, which is obviously a tiny proportion of Negan's camp and his, his people. I, so, yeah, I, 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 I will say this much, and I will say there is something very interesting, um, both within the show and within the comic, in the way that these three. Uh, communities have interacted with the saviors and that is there is a lot of drama behind that and there's a lot of interesting stuff they set up there is um with morgan you guys are talking that there is a very important arc of storytelling around his character which i mean i'm making some guesses now but if they take it where i think they might he could become either really irrelevant or really critical um i would like to think given yeah with Morgan, I'd like to think, given that they they kept him in the show, um, which I think everyone assumed they would do, but you don't know whether yeah. an actor is going to be sidelined for so long and not go on to shoot another big series and leave it behind, because that could have easily happened. Um, yeah. Well, that's what's happened and, with uh, with Daryl and Glenn, isn't it? Glenn, Glenn has gone and got himself some, some film roles, and so is Daryl. Daryl's doing other things, and that's why they've made the decision to temporarily remove his character, because... Norman Reedus needs time away from The Walking Dead, so they yeah, pro- they're probably going to go. Yeah, they've got other gigs a little bit. Yeah, I, they'll, I, they'll shoot Reedus like a whole. Well they'll yeah. shoot a whole season's worth of Daryl scenes and then just drip feed them across the next ten episodes or something. I'd love to see. Um, I can't remember the, the actor's name, but Abraham's um, Michael Cadman. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see him in more. To be honest, because I, I thought going back to it, I thought it was a shame that they both died in the same episode only because he was never going to get the attention. He was never going to get the front pages. He was probably never going to get the major talk shows um, in the States, um, not in the same dynamic. And I just thought, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just think if Abraham had gone at the end of last season and he would have got his, he would have got his moment. And I think he'd earned that. I mean, he hasn't been in the show that long. Um, And I think there is a little bit more they could, have done with him but he was a, he was a great character and I thought he, he was, was he, he, he portrayed it so well but he was funny you he know? was one of the um, mo- one of the most genuine characters in it I agree yeah. a, a, a lot of the characters were 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 good and you know strong and what have you but he, he he really was what you see is what you get you know he was a big angry surly funny guy with a heart of gold wore his heart on his sleeve but as we said in the preview, uh, at the, the season four to six pod, 
you knew he was a dead man because things with him and Sasha were just starting to go well. And how <laughs> how good was the bit where just before he died, he gave her the peace sign, which was his yeah. own little way of telling her that, that he loved it. And apparently that wasn't scripted. That was just something that he did on, oh, at the spur of the moment. And that made me respect him as an actor ten times more because to have the presence of mind to do something like that is just a little stroke of genius. Yeah, yeah, I like it when actors, even, you know, a lot of comedy actors obviously improv, but there are actors that are known to just influence things in their own little bit dynamic. And um, it's interesting what happens with Eugene and Sasha and, and Rosita and whether they decide to give them a bit more of an influence, you know, after what's happened here. Um, because I, think, I think Rosita, they've got to, because Rosita's one of the more compelling characters out of that little group. Is she? She's I think dull so, as dishwater, man. Well, I think she's quite good because she's, she's got a bit of edge to her. Like, she's decent with a gun. The one that we all wouldn't be, you know, we all wouldn't miss is Eugene. I know, but... He offers absolutely whether he, I know, but you've got to wonder whether he <laughs> can just find something, you know? Maybe he'll find some pivotal moment of courage, you know? It's, he, there's he characters won't. there. Sasha's the one that... She's a sniper, man. I, you've got to think she's going to be influential. Um... She's really, she struggled with the whole. I think she struggled in general, Sasha, as a as a character, obviously. Well, she um, did because she had that arc, didn't she, where she was uh, she was going out and she was lying down, basically suicide. You know, she, she was she lying down in pits yeah. full of walkers, and she was getting really, really morbid. But then that's when her yeah. and Abraham really started connecting. He was one of the people, wasn't he, that pulled her out of that and snapped her back to reality and that really you just got to see whether what she'll do next because you just don't know and i think that is the good thing about it obviously all the characters in that lineup are all going to be hugely affected because that's the point um but then there are other characters to to be reintroduced i mean tara is still alive isn't yeah, she on tara a, went off on a, on a run with what what's the the guy's yeah, name He's, he's just, oh, he's, he's yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, they went on that. Um, they went on they the went supply run. The yeah, yeah, yeah. They which said is, when we, they which were is going. basically her having a baby for nine months. Right, because <laughs> the, they said, didn't they? When when they were going, it was supposed to be a long supply run. They were going out for like a couple of weeks. The, tra- and that's the trailer, the trailer um, in the you know when they basically couldn't show a lot because the trailer was couldn't spoil anything. Obviously, showed a lot of the kingdom um, and showed their supply run. So. I, I would like assume. Him. I really yeah, I like think he's a good yeah. character. He was but really good. Let's let's be truthful. You know, black characters don't last long in The Walking Dead, do they? Well, he's <laughs> not you had, when you had T Dog, who was a. I didn't really like him. Then you had Tyrese, who was brilliant, and then Noah. I really was gutted when they killed off Noah. I thought Noah could have been interesting. Noah, and I, Noah was yeah. an original character, wasn't he, Marco? He's not in the books. Yeah. He's also original. Um, I'm, I, I, obviously, I revealed last time that I didn't, I didn't sort of. I was a bit disappointed with the way they took Tyrese, but yeah. that's, he did have this whole gentle giant thing in, in the TV show, which I do understand. Obviously, um, it's just was, not the comic was, book Tyrese, is it? I think that's what people. I love, love that Tyrese. That Tyrese was insane. I just they only showed one moment of that impression of Tyrese that I got was when he was he was hand to hand with all those yeah. walkers and he kind of oh, fought his way God, out of it. Yeah. That scene was just impeccable, but you you never got to see more of that. Was that um, the one when he just I, had a claw hammer? Yes. Oh yes. god, that was insane. Yeah, was and you crazy. just you just want to see sometimes a little bit more of that edge to some of these characters because a lot of it is quite docile. Um, 
And obviously budgets permitting and storylines and they can't throw it all at one episode. But I think we need to see the yeah. walkers become quite prominent again, you know, because it's going to be a human to human battle. But, you know, there was a touch of it in the, in the obviously in the kingdom episode, but they weren't ever in trouble. You know, you, you never get the impression they're under that much trouble anymore. And I think we need to see that as well, because it just it just keeps you on edge you know and that's that's what you want from the series and 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 you know that's what i want from it as well uh can i ask you guys a question Go Close come. your uh your most memorable abrahamism oh jesus <laughs> oh god i it's, wish I'd it's been a monday night and i can't remember any of this so <laughs> uh, I'll, gi- I'll, I'll, I'll give you my favorite one go on, go on. it's from season six it's eugene and abraham having an argument and I can't remember the line of uh, discussion that ends up, but basically Abraham says to Eugene, look, dude, you're trying to pick up a turd by the clean end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just, yeah. He, he had plenty. That's the thing. He just had some great lines. Um, have we got any, as we're talking favorite things, have we got anything favorite about Glenn? Because Glenn's kind of been overshadowed by us, not by the whole of the rest of the world, but anything we're going to miss about Glenn or do we think it was his kind of time? Sorry to jump in. I've got one Abraham moment is overuse of the word dick, like mother dick. Mother dick. (laughs) That's that's all you're getting out of me on a Monday night. Well, that's fine. Um, Yeah, anything about Glenn? On Glenn, it has to. It, it it goes right back to the to the very first season because that, that's that's sort of a, a a depiction of Glenn that resonates so much because there he's that improvising sort of uh, uh, running guy who just sort of you know gets always thrown into the into the deep end around trying to navigate the group out of difficult situations, uh, and I'll never forget him uh, sort of chirping Rick, hey, asshole, what are you doing in the tank? Um, like that just at the end of episode one right there go right back to that very very cool moment and uh, it just sums up Glenn for me just sort of cheeky but resourceful that that was Glenn yeah nice. I've got I've got an Abrahamism before we move on go on or a couple um, so there's one line I looked up which I remembered um, I've been to eight county fairs and one goat rodeo which is just <laughs> Abraham all over um <laughs> And then he says, what was the other one? There's a vast ocean of shit that you people don't know shit about, which I kind of like. So he's, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm just grabbing the ball by the nutsack. <laughs> one of it, which I just loved. I just looked up a few and I remember that one. Um, for me with Glenn, just briefly, my favourite thing was probably when he was riding out of Atlanta in, that oh, car, yeah. in the sports car with the alarm on. And he's just, he's in the moment of bliss because he's a pizza boy who's driven either an old banger or a moped. Oh, yeah, and then um, he gets a Camaro or he gets a, He gets a sports car and he takes it there. And um, oh, who's the old guy that died? Uh, Dale. 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 And Dale clearly just breaks his car and just breaks his little dreams, you know. But um, it was just, it's a great scene. Him, him and Rick, when they're in the... Even in that tank scene, I think he was, he did make such a contrast to Rick in that, that really early season one, you know, yeah. and and I, he's had some great times and I thought his relationship with Herschel as well as Maggie is obviously really pivotal. Um, but 
I think his early stuff was just so likable. He was such a likable character, so interesting. Um, he was, and, and it's it's hard to forget that he was the second major character that we were introduced he to, wasn't he, after Rick? Yeah. Um, we'll see, and, yeah and Morgan. I, I was yeah. going to say um, what Marco said about the first season, but I'll go to when it got to the prison, because that was when Glenn really sort of stood up and started becoming a bit more of a badass. When when Rick had his breakdown and he just he wasn't capable of leading the group anymore, Glenn really stepped up and and started trying to sort of take a bit of the uh, the responsibility himself. And I, I really liked that. That was a really nice bit of character development. Yeah, he he was a great character. I think he will be missed. And I think it's important for Maggie and I think it's important for the group. I think Abraham will be lost and we've talked about Sasha and Rosita and Eugene, but I think obviously Glenn's got a, a wider impact on, on more of the, the longer major kind of characters. Do you know what I mean? So I yeah. think... I think he, it is quite important, and yeah, we'll see what happens as people stood out of his shadow. Really, so I mean, Maggie's the the big loser, here, isn't she? Because she's she's got no one left. She's she's got absolutely well, Maggie's, nobody. She's got nothing to lose, is what you would argue with Maggie. So, and she is a woman that she's strong. So, and she's she's empowered, and she's you know intelligent. So, it's going to be interesting how they take Maggie. Um, the thing is, though, she. Uh, I could see her going for some kind of an arc where she's going to try and do something stupid and the rest of the group are going to have to be holding her back saying, look, what are you doing? You've got a baby on I the way. I think initially you'll get that, but... I mean, we've I'm already sure seen it. Because she was trying to rally the troops, wasn't she? She wanted yeah, everyone yeah. to be going full, you know, all guns blazing. And she and could they, barely walk. Yeah, so, yeah, and they were like, hang on, well, you need to go and make sure that you're okay. Because in all of this, it's kind of been lost that they were in that position because she was having potential complications with the pregnancy and they were trying to get her up to Hilltop, weren't they, to get looked at by their, their medic. Yeah. So she, she's not well. I think uh, the more you yeah. analyse it, the more you just see how powerless they are. I think you've got to... That, that if nothing else, that episode taught you is, is just quite the power that Negan's got. You know, it's, it did it in the, the, the end reach of that he's Series got. 6. Yeah, exactly. He, and just, he's got his and thumb the sheer, in every part. the sheer kind of gunpower i think i think that's the interesting thing it's going to move away and they've talked about this to showrunners and it's obviously well known in the comics but they're going to move away from guns it's going to become you know guns and bullets are a are a rare commodity and and i think in in the walking dead far too often if they had a lot of ammunition if you ask me do you know what i mean and they seem to stumble across <laughs> and it, it is it is america don't get me wrong there's a lot of guns <laughs> in america um that's one thing that was always likeable about Daryl because he had his crossbow and he'd always, exactly. whenever they'd had a moment, he always had to go and get his, his bolts back and wipe the brains off. Probably just them. been to like Donald Trump's basement and just stolen, you know, 50 of his finest guns. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those things that they need, they'll, they'll move away from it. And Hilltop's quite interesting with that because they obviously use spears and it's almost old school medieval but modern that their, their look is which is way pretty, more believable. pretty horrible but still it's more believable it is you know, and they're that, almost wearing weird armor and, and, and spears and it makes sense with zombies to keep you distance you know and it's always one thing that's made michonne so oh, such, yes. such an attractive character is yeah she's way more believable because she's got a katana exactly of course if you ever found a sword you would be made because you, you keep your distance while the rest of them are using hammers and hatchets and little and knives. butterfly knives and she's able to stay you know a couple of feet away and she can still lock their heads off 
it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be interesting how they take it. Um, for once, um, we're going to finish this pod timely fashion um, and keep it uh, happily under an hour because Nina will be thankful for that. So, yeah, it was it was really good. It's nice to catch up and talk more Walking Dead because. I don't know, I can do it weekly, but I don't think everyone wants to hear our reaction Yay! every week. Um, <laughs> but maybe, maybe we'll do a, 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 a like half-season close, you know, when that happens. Maybe we'll do that. And, and yeah, we, we could do one when, when they've done the, the mid-season and uh, the mid-season I think we finale. should. Yeah, I think we should, because it's, it's, it's a great part, and Marco's infinite knowledge is wonderful, and he can maybe spoil a little bit more when we get a bit further on in the series, so that's okay. Oh. <laughs> Cool. Anything to plug before we we move on? Um, I don't think we've got anything to plug other than you the... can plug your last week, which was went so successfully without me. So I'm yeah, really proud. Um, uh, we've since since we've moved to the new AI site, uh, which is fantastic for anyone that's not looked at it. Yeah, gags has sunk some AI serious get on it. some serious time and effort into this. But if you go to aicomicpod.co.uk, it'll redirect you to our section of the website. And the uh, the pod that me and, and Joey Connors did, the, the Doctor Strange preview has just broken all of our figures. Last last count was over 8,000 listens, which is insane, considering we normally used to get 800 listens. So we're not 100% sure what's changed, but whatever it is, long may it continue. Um, we're still trying to average one or two articles per week. If you've got any requests, yeah. mention it to either myself or Rory, or go direct to Joey, or to Marco, or to Chris, or Kay. You know, Chris, Chris, we are due an article, man. Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, just put that out there. It says, it says he who was who was crafting his for about two months. Uh, it was still, it was still, it was pretty epic. It's like two thousand words. <laughs> of article. So it was quite hard. Yourself. Quite tricky. I'll do something easier next time. I'll review Doctor Strange or something. Ooh, we will be doing in, that'll be one of our next episodes will be a Doctor Strange one in probably in a few weeks, weeks yeah we've got some other stuff to catch up on um, we, Mark have you got Joey any uh, are you hosting this week gone or are you next week hosting hosting next week uh, for the main AI pod but um, <clears throat> obviously I'll, I'll, I'll shout out to my colleague Hayden who is no doubt recording the new episode as we speak um, more importantly I would like to shout you guys out so if you're listening to this pod please listen to Doctor Strange uh, episode because it's awesome and uh, like yeah there's just, just a, a lot of cool stuff in the comic pod and, and, and I don't care what all the other guys say yes there's the Nina Kauza show and um, the Desi pod and all that stuff we have far more fun we have far more interesting people on this podcast so there <laughs> oh wow <laughs> battle lines drawn jesus yeah. christ i can i just say on behalf of us seeing that we want to continue this pod we don't reflect those views in any way shape or form that is the views of marco lopez he <laughs> to get himself kicked off the main pod that's his own doing okay right on that note we will be back hopefully next week actually because we're on a bit of a roll and we'll you know, stir something else fun up for you. So take it easy. We'll speak to you guys soon.
planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.